We are glad you found our little corner of the podcast universe. To our subscribers, guests, visitors, and those with a burning desire for an answer to the question, okay, now what? We welcome you to the From Learning to Earning podcast series sponsored by Okay Now What? The podcast you are listening to is Catapult to a Career in Coaching or Consulting. This podcast covers topics of interest to anyone thinking about starting a business, but is especially focused on the unique concerns of those seeking a way to leverage their expertise into either an internal or external consulting role. My name is David Zahn, the consultant's business mentor, and while I may not have all the answers, I can at least help you answer, okay, now what? Hello, and welcome to this podcast. This podcast will provide insight into a universal challenge that every person considering starting their own business must confront. No matter what one's expertise or experience may be, nor the size of their funding levels, every entrepreneur has to come to grips with venturing into a new challenge, sometimes for which they may not be fully prepared. Change is unsettling for most of us, and having to transition from a corporate culture to being self-employed, or from employee to owner, or from comfortable in one's role to being uncertain and unsure of expectations, can halt many from going through with their plans to start a business. My guest for this podcast has made numerous professional transitions and has insight into how to do so successfully. This conversation is sure to help prioritize what to consider, what is essential to focus on when deciding which opportunities to think through, and whether to mull over a potential challenge. For some, it is finding the confidence to do or try something different. For still others, it is developing the courage to act on the clarity and confidence that a change is warranted. With a background that has included being in the boardrooms of major corporations, to working in industries as diverse as accounting and professional business services, to transportation, mall-based retailing, big box office supply retailing, and franchise fast food, I would like to welcome Randy Pianin to the podcast. Thanks, David. First question for you, Randy. Your professional path to where you are now has included many transitions, and I think it would be interesting to take it step by step. So let's start with when you were first coming out of school. As a student in high school, you made the decision that many of us did to go to a school far from your home at the time on Long Island. What was your thinking then? Well, like many kids, uh, I really wanted to uh, go away and try life away from home. Uh, Emory at the time was an up and coming school and several uh, kids from my high school were headed there. Um, I loved the thought of a big city and Emory's in Atlanta. I gave it a shot. So at that time, Randy, what was your life goal if you had one and how did you see that happening? At the time, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And um, so what I 
I I focused on was going to a, a liberal arts school that would expose me to a lot of different uh, areas. And then I uh, ultimately made the decision um, to follow a, a business degree and uh, major in accounting. And I did that because I felt it was a good foundation for any business career I might pursue. So unlike many of your peers who left school after their senior year, never to return again, coming out of your undergraduate program, you then pursued a graduate or professional degree. How did that decision come about? Well, I started my career in New York, so I went to school in Atlanta, but thought the world revolved around New York City. So I went and I started with uh, two Schross uh, in New York. And um, they were a public accounting firm. They later merged with Deloitte, Haskins and Sells and became Deloitte and Touche. They um, had many of the major retail clients and that was something that I wanted to do. And once I started working there, they started a program where if you could get into Columbia University's business school, and if the firm chose to take you into the program, I could go to school full-time, for eight months out of the year and work full time during busy season, which was four months. And the beauty of that was I got paid my salary all year and the cost of school was paid for by the firm via a note. And each year I stayed after graduating, they forgave part of the note. So it was a great way for me to get my MBA. Uh, it was a great retention tool for the firm. And it, it happened right after I got married and there was uh, really no way I was going to stop working and go to school full time. So it, it was a win win uh, all around. So a little later on after that, though, you make a decision, a fairly major personal decision to move out of New York to Florida. What were the uh, motivators to do that? Well, for um, many people that work in New York and live uh, in the suburbs, I lived on Long Island. Um, my commute was about an hour and 40 minutes door to door. Uh, high taxes. Um, I had a young child who was two at the time, and I saw him on the weekends because when I left uh, in the morning, he was sleeping. I worked very long hours. When I came home at night, he was sleeping. And um, my folks had moved to Florida and um, every time I visited them, they showed me what uh, type of life I could have if I moved there. And um, it just so happened that um, Deloitte and Touche had a client, uh, Office Depot, that was $2 billion in revenue and growing rapidly and needed somebody with my expertise to be on the audit. So they asked me to move. So it was um, the right time. And uh, I had a support system. My folks were there. My wife's parents followed us there. So it was really a uh, low risk move uh, for us. So it sounds at that point like everything is going so well for you. You're in one of the <laughs> premier companies. You're living now around family with a strong support network. Network. Why did you decide to leave public accounting? Well, as an auditor, you go to your clients you assess their financial statements, you make recommendations on how they can improve their internal controls or their operations, and then you leave and go to another client. You never really get to help them implement your recommendations, nor do you see if they implemented them 
did they work or did they not work? You basically had to wait the next year until you came back on the audit, and sometimes you were reassigned to other clients. I was at the point where I wanted to be part of the solution, not just someone who was providing suggestions. And that was really uh, what ultimately pushed me into um, going into private industry. So with a background in accounting and a, a firm grasp on finance, what led you to think that operations was a place that you should perhaps pursue further? Well, my accounting and finance experience was hev heavy in retail. And in order to um, effectively audit a retailer, you have to understand merchandising, inventory, operations. And it was through that work that I really uh, built an interest on the operating side of the business. And I got to the point where I didn't just want to tell the story, which is what accounting and finance does. I wanted to create the story. And in doing that, you know, you are accountable for results, not reporting the results. And whereas I found that exhilarating and it is frightening at times, um, it can be uncomfortable for some traditional accounting and finance people. Um, you have to be willing to make decisions without all the data. And as I'm sure you know, typical accounting and finance teams want to crunch data and evaluate every possible um, opportunity before coming to a conclusion. And in operations, you can't always do that. You have to assess the data you have, make decisions. Ultimately, you're blending uh, art and science together, and, and I enjoy doing that. As a personal challenge, though, what, what was your approach to making that kind of a decision to go from what you knew and were very comfortable and clearly very successful at to now jumping into something that you perhaps had an interest in but hadn't had the real-world experience in? A big part of that was working alongside um, strong operating people that understood and appreciated how finance and accounting um, help you be a better operator. And I had several roles where I worked very, very closely with the heads of merchandising, the heads of operations, and they got comfortable with my understanding of operations and they gave me opportunities that perhaps um, I might not have had otherwise. So, you know, it's networking to some degree. It's proving your capability as well. And you have to be willing to invest time with the operators, with the merchandisers, with the marketing teams. And, you know, it's an investment in your future. I, to me, it wasn't that wasn't work because I enjoyed that that time. You know, you tend to have different conversations than you have with with accounting and finance uh, contemporaries. So, again, you have to want to and be interested in having those conversations and developing those relationships. If you are enjoying this podcast broadcast and wish to connect with David Zahn, to pursue your own journey into entrepreneurship, you can schedule a no-cost and no-obligation 
20-minute chat and chew with you discussion at https colon backslash backslash www.oknowwhat.biz and that's spelled O-K-A-Y-N-O-W-W-H-A-T dot biz and then add backslash get dash started dot html and now back to our broadcast randy in the introduction to this podcast i shared some of the different transitions that you have made and uh, one of the things that i know is very important to you is that in your career you have made certain decisions based on ethics or alignment with employers strategies Can you explain how you view the role of ethics in making business decisions that also impacted your personal life? Um, I am a big believer in in integrity, and um, I do believe that ethics play not just a big role, a a paramount role in in how anyone conducts their business. Uh, Once you lose your integrity, you never get it back. And I need to know for me personally that I can, you know, go home, look myself in the mirror and sleep at night. And there are times in my career, uh, uh, twice in particular, where I had to make some very difficult business decisions based on ethics or lack thereof in in the particular situations. And it is um, that that is daunting because you you make career decisions. And, um, you know, and and sometimes they're they're hard to come back from. But I strongly believe that if you are true to yourself and to your values, that you will always persevere. In your career, you have worked in a multitude of different industries. Having now gone through that experience is business just business or are there really significant differences in retailing, transportation, uh, professional services, and other kinds of industries you have participated in? Oh, there's there's definite differences. I, I would say if you look at my career, the common thread is multi-unit businesses. So I've worked in multi-unit retail, multi-unit restaurants, multi-unit railroads. And how you manage a multi-unit business is similar. There are nuances to the specific industries that you need to understand, but how you manage multi-unit, I believe, is similar. There are other differences um, with regard to the companies and what they're trying to achieve. Some of the companies I work for were public companies, and you have the fiduciary duty to the shareholders to generate returns, um, maximize share value. I've worked for private equity firms that have a very short-term focus and decisions are made to maximize the value in the short-term that you would not make if you were looking at the long-term. And then I've worked for other companies, private equity and not, where you're looking at growth and you're looking at, at, at the long game and you make some decisions that might hurt the way the company looks in the, in the near term, but it's the right decision long-term. In this conversation, we've discussed a lot about your 
personal and professional decisions, but I'm interested in, in, given that a lot of the people listening to us now are going to be people who are seeking entrepreneurial roles, how important in your career has the support been of family and friends? Well, I, it's very hard to do this alone, um, whether you are an entrepreneur or or you're not. And there is no way that I could have um, accomplished what I have to date without the support of family and friends. Yeah, there were many late nights and weekends where, you know, my, my wife um, bore all the responsibility uh, with regard to the house and the kids. Um, so it it helps to have a support system, um, having friends and mentors that you can, you know, bounce ideas off of, vent after a, a, after a rough day. Um, those are, uh, all those relationships help you. From an entrepreneurial standpoint, that you go off on your own, and a lot of times that's a lonely existence. So having a support system so that, you know, you can, you can again, bounce ideas off of, um, lean on folks, um, it, it, it's, it's critical. Um, networks are very important. Given you've had the long and illustrious career that you have had, sometimes it's often informative to look back on decisions made and and try to assess any regrets or mistakes that have been made along the way on the journey. Do you have any examples where you wish you had a do-over or perhaps a mistake you wish you could have avoided? Oh, I'm sure there are many mistakes I've made over the over the years. Um, probably one of the one of the uh, realizations I came to um, was uh, networks, and I, I mentioned that a minute ago. I was so focused on building my career um, early that I lost sight of how important a network is, and. When you're working 12, 14, 16 hour days, then trying to have a family and maybe have a little bit of fun in between every now and then, it's hard to devote the time to build and keep a network. And that becomes particularly important, important when you are moving from one position to another. Um, it's, it's important if you're going off on your own and you might not have you know, sufficient funding to do everything. So you need to rely on your network to kind of help you through different situations. So one piece of advice is to build the network throughout your career. You always need it, so don't think that you don't need it. And a network is like anything else. You have to work at it or you lose it. So that that was probably a big realization. Um, Another uh, another interesting thing that happened to me through my career was I had a recruiter who would call me constantly and wanted to place me. And I in one of my career transitions, I took a package and I and I left and I had a, a nice long runway and I called up the recruiter and said, OK, I'm ready. What do you have? And that recruiter said to me, well, you're not working anymore. I don't place people who aren't working. And I, I to this day, I scratch my head because I was no different a month before than I was a month after. Um, 
So it, it, it is important that if you are planning a career change, it's much easier to find a job when you are working than when you are not working. And um, so I, I you know, give advice to anyone who's even thinking about a career change is I would put the wheels in motion before you decide to leave, not after. Randy, this has been an extraordinarily informative conversation. And before I conclude it, is there any other bits of wisdom or advice you'd like to share with those listening to us? Um, well, I would tell you that, you know, you asked me in the beginning, did I know what I wanted to do? And the truth be told, at, at most stages of my career, I really didn't. And it was, I found working hard, taking on responsibility, delivering, getting more and delivering and continuing to build the um, people's trust in you and your ability to get things done has really opened up doors for me that I never would have imagined. And, you know, I, I started at, you know, at Deloitte and Touche, and now I'm in the, the quick service restaurant business. Never would have thought I would have, have been here, but everything I've done up until now prepared me for it. So um, I would tell people, you know, just keep pushing, deliver, do what you say, say what you do, and that goes a long way. I greatly appreciate all of your insight, and I'm sure that a lot of the listeners will feel very similarly to me. Thank you for the conversation. Thank you, David. You have been listening to From Learning to Earning, hosted by David Zahn, the teacher's business mentor. If you have not already done so, please register to join the Facebook group Business Launch from Fear to Fabulous, where you can find additional information and participate in a community of like-minded people venturing into business ownership. And if you are ready to receive one-on-one -on -one coaching or enroll in a self-paced course to make your dream business a reality, you can contact David Zahn at www.oknowwhat.biz backslash get-started.html. And as always, we want to hear from you about topics you would like to have covered or your feedback on this or other episodes. Drop us an email with your thoughts at David Zahn, D-A-V-I-D-Z-A-H-N at OKNowWhat.biz. And don't forget to invite your friends to listen to this or any of our other episodes and join our podcast community.